on our subject. Hallelujah. The word faith. The word faith. Understand, understanding the various shades of meanings. Hallelujah. That the word faith is used in the Bible. Praise God. Message number, uh, this is volume, volume two, right? Message number what? Three. And that is the word faith in the New Testament number six or seven? Okay, seven. The word faith in the New Testament number seven. What we have been trying to do is that we came to a recognition that the word faith has shades of meaning, various shades of meanings, meaning that that same word is used to describe various aspects of the biblical truth known as faith. And that a lack of understanding of this nature of that word, meaning that it's one word with different shades of meaning. If we don't understand that, it will make our understanding of faith limited. And because of that, we will not relate with the truth of faith the way we should relate with the truth of faith. Am I making sense to anyone? Huh? Okay. I, 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 have, have you been getting a good understanding of what we are dealing with? Huh? Has it been helpful to you? That's what I'm talking about. And I don't want to, I'm not going to go back to the meaning of the Old Testament. We've dealt with that. Is that correct? We have overflowed it. So we're going to talk about, continue to talk about the meaning in the New Testament. In the New Testament alone, we have, we say, we identified, and this is, I've not had this message anywhere, and this is something God showed me. You know, when I was studying the, the biblical truth of faith, and uh, I'm relating with people, I know there's a lot of misunderstanding about faith. I knew that. And I myself, I, I needed clarity. So God showed me this. And so here's what God showed me. That there are at least four different shades of meaning of the word faith in the New Testament alone. We dealt with the Old Testament. Is that correct? In the New Testament we have four. And we are on the third one. The first shade of meaning. And that the, in the New Testament the word faith is used both in its um, noun form which is faith. Is that correct? And it's in verb what form, which is what? Belief or to believe. Amen? Praise God. You have to understand that. And that in the Greek, which is the original language of the New Testament, it is one stem word. Pist. Pist. P-I-S-T. And then the noun continues as pistis. But the verb is pisteo or peito, if you care about the Greek. So there is that difference between the noun and the verb. And also, that means also that faith and belief are not all exactly the same. They are related, but not the same. Are you following? And that's another thing you have, you have come to understand in our teachings of faith. Is that, am I right? Faith and belief are not exactly 
synonymous. They are not exactly the same. The one is a noun, faith. And the noun is a what? A thing, usually. Is that correct? A verb is usually a what? An action. <laughs> and that's helpful in understanding faith. Nevertheless, what are the previous uh, shades of meaning of faith that we have dealt with so far? One, faith as, in the New Testament, faith as what? A religious vocation or religious profession. For instance, Christianity can be called, referred to as the faith. And usually, faith used in this way comes with that definitive article, the. Uh, so you can ask somebody if they are still in the faith. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Where are you now? I'm in California. I hope you're still in the faith. Are you following? The use of the word faith there is as a religious vocation or profession like Christianity. Amen? So you hear people talk about the Christian faith or the Islamic faith or the Hinduistic faith. That's that use of the word. Are you following? All right. When the Bible says contending for your faith, I think it's talking more about you remaining in Christ and as part of the body of Christ. And this is one example. And that form is used in many places in the New Testament. Then the second usage of the word faith is as a what? A fruit of the Spirit. And what is the appropriate word used there as faith? Faithfulness. Are you all following? That is faithfulness as a fruit. Now, people don't know how to relate with this. So people say to you, oh, faith is a fruit to be cultivated. The other people say, oh, faith is a gift. So that's a controversy. The other people say, no, faith is none of those. Faith is you being able to see. The truth is that all three of them are right, but because they have not gone through this message, they see controversy. Are you following? So faith as a fruit of the Holy Spirit is more appropriately what? Faithfulness. Meaning an attitude, a character trait that we got from God and he expects us to cultivate by which we learn, we cultivate the attitude of trusting him, trustfulness, and also cultivating an attitude of a way of life whereby he himself and men can do what? Trust us, trustworthiness. Are you, are you following? The one you trusting God and others, that's trustfulness. And God and others being able, you making yourself in a position that they can trust you is what? trustworthiness. At the same time, remember that God is trustworthy. That's why we are expected to be trustful towards him. Not just trust him today and not trust him tomorrow. No. You cultivate that. That's what makes that a fruit. And you, you don't get trustworthy today. And 2022, this is my 2022 me. Please. Last year I was trustworthy. This year, no. You've lost that quality. Because it's a cultivation. It's a fruit. Am I making sense to anybody? The third usage of the word faith is what? Anybody knows? Faith as what? Come on, that's what we were talking about now, yes? As a feeling, okay. As a seeing. Spirit. Okay. How about as a faculty? Amen? As a spiritual faculty of what? Apprehension and what? Appropriation. 
praise the Lord, of what? Spiritual realities. A spiritual faculty of what? Apprehension and what? Appropriation of what? Spiritual realities. I like to put it this way, to break it down, to make it simpler. A spiritual sense, a spirit sense organ. A spirit what? Sense organ. Or if you like, a set of spirit sense organs by which the soul apprehends and appropriates grace. Is anybody following you? You cannot miss this out. So that's another usage of faith in the New, in the New Testament Actu and in the whole Bible. Actually, this is the commonest usage, both in the New Testament and in the whole Bible. Am I making sense to you? And by this, we mean that faith is a, spirit, a pair of spirit eyes, a pair of spirit ears, a pair of spirit nostrils, a pair of spirit, a kind of a spirit mouth or tongue, and a spirit skin. Faith in that sense, some people call it the sixth sense. I don't like to call it that way. Faith in this sense. Faith in this sense is the spirit counterpart of your five natural senses. And the Bible proves it, and I have it in my book, there's a chapter in my book that proves how faith as a spirit organ sounds as a counterpart to every one of the five senses. There's a chapter there if you care to read. I know you're waiting for me to do a series on that. If you care to study. See, everything has been put on a platter of gold for you. But the thing is that if you're, you're not, you know, you're not, you know, there's a saying in my culture. You know, uh, you know, palm kernel, I don't know how many of you can relate to that, is the seed of the palm tree, or the palm fruit, right? It has a, a shell that you have to use a, a stone to crack it. And when you crack it, then the edible seed is there. <laughs> so, for elders would sit down and ask a younger person to crack them, and they crack them and crack them and bring to them, and they keep eating. But if you look at the elder that you're cracking this thing for, and you find out that he doesn't have good teeth, <laughs> you ask yourself, why am I cracking these things? He's not going to chew it anyway. <laughs> so they say, he said, those that for which the palm nuts are being cracked have no good dentition. Or don't have good dentist, if you like. <laughs> so do you have good teeth? Are you sure? It doesn't look like even with, with the mask I can see through. I'm cracking this thing, but no teeth. I wrote a book for you. It's outsiders that are reading them. And you tell me you have teeth. You have no teeth. Praise the Lord. Alright. Are you all following what I'm saying here? So, this is the biggest, commonest usage of the word faith. Well, we moved on to find out that this is also called a, a, a more appropriate name for this shade of meaning of faith. is appropriating faith or apprehending faith or what? Appropriating faith. 
So when you hear me talk about apprehending faith or appropriating faith, I'm not talking about faith as a religious vocation. I'm not talking about faith as a fruit of the Spirit. Does anybody follow what I'm saying? I'm talking about faith as a pair of, as a set of spirit sense organs or a spirit faculty by which the soul apprehends and does what? Appropriates grace. The, if you ask me the one thing faith apprehends and appropriates, one word, if you want to put everything your faith can bring to you, apprehend or appropriate for you, one word for all of that is what? Grace. And grace, uh, simple bumper sticker definition is God's unmerited what? Favor. Is that correct? But I had made the definition operational for you. What's our operational definition of faith, of grace here? Grace is God himself, all that God that offers us, the believer, for the believer's well-being. Huh? So God's offer of what? what? Himself, all that he is. I know you're waiting for what he has, but that's not where God goes first. What God offers man first, and don't never forget this, is not what he has. It's what? What's the first? Himself. Quote me anywhere. What else does he offer you? All that he is. I know modern believers don't like to be what God is. We want what he has. God is faithful. Uh -huh. Am I God? Don't give me a healing, Joe. Are you following what I'm saying? No, God wants you to receive him, receive all that he is, and then all that he has. That's grace. And what's the purpose? So that you, you'll be enabled and you will have well-being. That's the purpose. Are you following what I'm saying? And by apprehending these things, what do you mean by apprehending? And what is this grace? All this grace God wants us to apprehend are primarily in the form of spiritual uh, 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 realities. They are in the forms of invisible things. Things we cannot touch. Is God visible? No. All that he, ha he is, are they visible? Are they touchable? No. All the things he has for us, they are, they are invisible. They only become visible and uh, and uh, uh, you know, tangible when they manifest. Are you following? So, why God gave us faith is that without faith we can't apprehend these things to bring them to the physical level. Are you following? So, that's the importance of this faith. Am I speaking to someone here? Yes. Amen. So, what do we mean by apprehend? To apprehend is to perceive. You know what it means to perceive by sight or by yeah. You, you perceive with all the five senses. It means to identify. It means to uh, 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 become aware of. It means to get to know. What are the other words? To apprehend. It means to what? To, to discern. Are you all following? It means to... Give me the other words. Huh? Recognize. And what are all these things that faith... Is recognizing and divine. These are things that are naturally invisible, naturally inaudible. I, is anybody following? So you see the value of faith. Ordinarily, if they were the visible things, we use our natural senses. But they are invisible things, and God still expects us to apprehend them. What's the way to apprehend them? Only one way faith. 
And the faith, the kind of faith that does that is known as apprehending or appropriating faith. Appropriation means when you apprehend such things or recognize such things or identify such things, then you can reach out, lay hold on it, and bring it unto yourself. That's appropriation. In that way, you will maintain well-being through God, from God. And so what we, are talk, we talked about last week, and we're going to start now talking about, is what are the things that faith apprehends? What is the main purpose of faith? Apprehension and appropriation. The faith we are talking about. That's why this faith, is, this particular kind of faith, is called apprehending and appropriating faith. Does anybody follow what I'm saying? It is this faith that leads to belief. Are you following? It is this faith that God says that he has given it to every man among us. So it, and it is this way that, like I said, triggers belief. Are you following? All right. So what was the first thing we said? This faith ap- apprehends and appropriates. We talked about last week. We, we are talking about what this faith apprehends. You know why we're talking about that? So that when you see it in the Bible, when you see those things in the Bible, you know that the kind of faith that at work there is apprehending and appropriating faith. So what are the kind of things we are looking at the things that faith appropriates. The big level of what faith appre- apprehends and appropriates is what? What's the big level? No, the big level, the overall package. The overall package of what God, of what faith apprehends. Grace. Grace. Whenever you think about what faith apprehends and appropriates, one big level is what? Grace. Then you can break it down. What is the first thing, the primary thing in that package known as grace? The divine person of God, the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what we dealt with last Thursday. Is that correct? So we're going to go to the second one. The second thing. Did, did you understand how that worked for apprehending the Godhead? Did, did you understand it? Huh? We looked at scriptures. All you have to do is to go back to the scriptures. I can't go there again, otherwise we'll move forward. Amen? So what I'm going to do now is to go to the next thing that faith appropriates. And the more you know this, you can use your faith better. The next set of things that faith appropriates, apprehends and appropriates, is what I call non-divine spirit persons. That's number two. Non-divine what? Spirit persons. Now, when we... The first one we talk about is God. Is that correct? And by God, we mean the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Naturally, by divine principle, you cannot see God. Is that correct? But with the eyes of faith, you can. With the eyes of ears of faith, you can. Is that correct? All right. Uh, I think the last example we gave was the woman uh, at the well. Is that correct? Did we look at it? You notice that when her discussion with Jesus began, he thought that Jesus was an ordinary man. Is that correct? Huh? He thought that Jesus was, was just a Jew. Is that correct? But when John go matured, <laughs> it got to a point in the discussion. What did he say? He said, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. And then he went further, she went further and indicated, Oh, you may be the Messiah. How did she get to that? Faith. 
That was the last example we gave. Am I right? All right. Let's go to the second set of things faith apprehends. So when we talk about God, we're talking about divine persons. Is that correct? But there are non-divine spirit persons that faith also, apprehending and appropriating faith, can, can uh, apprehend and appropriate. Is that correct? Okay. I said non-divine persons. What do I mean by this? Satan. Faith can see Satan. When it doesn't appear, Satan is at work. You don't believe that? Faith does see demons. I know some of you asked me years ago and say, Pastor, how do you see these demons? Very good question. You know, these are invisible things. Huh? And then you, you're dealing with them, you're casting them out. You couldn't cast them out if, the, if you can, by faith, identify that they were at work. Are you all following? It takes faith. And it takes another operation of faith known as discerning of spirit and so on and so forth. Don't worry, we'll talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, and another uh, non-divine spirit person that faith can apprehend is what? Angels. Angels. Are there people in the Bible who, saw, who came in contact with angels? How do you think they saw them? Angels are invisible. Even though they are not God. They, they are not divine. But they are invisible. Satan and demons, are they invisible? Even though they are not divine. Is that correct? So it's by faith you see them. Let's look at an example. For instance, talk with me to Luke chapter 10. Luke the 10th chapter, quickly. Amen. Luke 10. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Luke 10. Uh, let's go to 17. 17. Said the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are what? Subject to us in your name. How do you think the 70 disciples were able to recognize demons? Because of faith. And with their faith, they went into the gift of discerning of spirits. Are you all following? Huh? Okay. All right. And he said to them, I was what? Watching what? Satan do what? Fall from heaven like lightning. Was it a physically visible activity? No. So Jesus also was using his own faith to see Satan fall like lightning. If Satan is invisible, so his activity primarily are invisible. They can manifest in the physical. Are you all following? If demons are invisible, then if you don't have faith, the inner eye or ears of faith, you cannot apprehend them. Am I making sense to anybody here? So even though the word faith are not written in all of those places, you know there is apprehending and appropriating faith at work. Is that correct? Okay. Go with me to Luke 13. Luke, the 13th chapter. Luke 13. Are you there? Go to verse 11. Go to verse 11. And Jesus went into a synagogue and there was a woman who for 18 years had had a sickness caused by what? A spirit. And she was bent what? Double and could not straighten up at all. Amen? Okay. When Jesus saw her, now let, 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 let's take a step by step. Go back to verse 11. 
outwardly, what, would the, what did the woman look like? Outwardly, bent double. Is that correct? That's what the physical eye could see. And I can tell you for 18 years, everybody that saw that woman said, she had a back problem. She's bent over. 18 years after, somebody walks into that synagogue and say, that's not a physical problem. That's a spiritual problem. Because why? That person has faith to see something invisible at work behind the woman's trouble. Okay. <laughs> so, is, does Jesus, was Jesus, what kind of faith was Jesus exercising there? Appropriating, apprehending, and appro okay. That's the apprehending, is verse 11. Let's see the appropriation. Okay? And she could not straighten up. Is that correct? Okay. If you are scientists go by medical practice alone, you end up physical problems. But if you're a child of God in that, you see beyond that. Amen? Okay. Moving on. Not only in this country, in every situation around you, you have to operate by faith. Now, let's see the next verse. Now, when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your what? Sickness. What was going on there? What's going on in verse 12? I don't want to give, you, give away the answer. You, you would like me to keep giving away the answer. Huh? Verse 11 is faith. Verse 12 is belief. Did you notice that? Okay. Verse 11 is apprehension. Good. Verse 12 is appropriation. <laughs> now you see the difference between faith and belief. You know, suppose Jesus saw that woman and said, this is a spiritual problem. And then Jesus said, goodbye everybody. I'm going home. The woman will still be bent over. In that case, Jesus will have faith without using it to believe. Huh? Uh, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Did you hear her? Huh? That's exactly what I was thinking. I told you a story, a parable of the Hamlet maneuver in a restaurant. Is that correct? Uh, somebody was eating, the people were eating the, in a restaurant, and this, there used to be an advertisement on TV. My wife would tell you, I, I like to wait for that advert. When I come back from work, I sit on myself, I'm waiting for that advert. <laughs> it was about investment. Can you imagine? And God can teach you from any subject. So, I'd be sitting and they came in. They're in a restaurant and they're eating meat, you know, beef. I think that was beef. <laughs> and the guy choked on the beef. On his table, people there were shaking. And there's this other table, and everybody was watching the guy choke on the beef. And there is... When people were running helter-skelter, not knowing what to do, there's this other guy on this other table pointed the attention of the people on his table to the lady and started giving them lecture on Hemlich Maneuver. <laughs> Big lecture. He said, you know what's going on there? It's called this. It's called that. All he needs is somebody to go up there and put his hand here and do this. And that means to come out. He used his fork and was directing. And, and a guy on a different table, a third table now, Saw him giving the lecture. Saw the guy choking. Looked at him giving the lecture. Looked at the guy choking. <laughs> he got up from his chair. Went right to that guy. Stood at his back. 
ignored everybody. Did this. A big lump of beef. You see this big lump of beef. Jumped out. The professor who was giving lecture said, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that, when, when it comes to that place, I will just collapse on my sofa. I laugh. God said, don't laugh. That's how faith and belief are. That's what God taught me on that sofa. <laughs> he said, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so if your faith is about apprehending without appropriating, the Bible says faith, such faith is without works and is what? Dead. Are you all following what I'm saying? Did that faith help somebody? Yes. It brought healing for that woman. That's why it's called appre appropriating, apprehending, and appropriating faith. Was, what was the grace that that faith apprehended and appropriated? Thank you. You don't know that healing is a grace? It's a gracious provision. Oh no, dear Lord. See, the Bible is very practical. Am I right? All right, let's look at another situation. Revelation 16. Revelation 16, verse 12 to 14. Hallelujah. Are you, is, that, is this making sense for you? And remember, this is not faith as a religious vocation. The fact that you are experiencing faith as a religious vocation doesn't necessarily mean that you are faithful and doesn't necessarily mean that you are exercising, apprehending, and appropriating faith. Are you all following Because somebody can ask you and say, well, how can you be in church? You can't, you can't exercise faith. No, it doesn't come that way. You have to recognize these things. All right, are you in verse um, 12? The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river, the Euphrates, and its water was dried up so that they would be, what? Prepared for the kings from the east. Next. And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits like what? Frogs. So those unclean spirits came out like what? Frogs in the physical. But John, by faith, knew that they were no ordinary frogs. They were demons. Are you all following? So, so with faith, you can see, apprehend, and you know, apprehend non-spirit uh, non-divine spirit persons. Non-what? Divine spirit persons. Are you following? If you look at the ministry of Jesus, when he dealt with unclean spirit, all true, there was faith which operated in certain gifts of the Holy Spirit, which we will talk about at some time. He sees somebody who is deaf. He says it's a deaf, deaf and dumb spirit. How could you see that? Not by any other means, except by the way of what? Faith. Am I right? Number three, the third thing that faith appre uh, apprehends and appropriates is gracious purposes and plans. Gracious what? Purposes and what? Plans. Whose gracious purposes and plans? God's gracious purposes and plans for who? For us. As individuals, for us, as families, for us, as a ministry congregation, and for the world. If you do not allow your faith, you will not apprehend and appropriate God's what? Gracious plans, purposes, and plans. You live your life on earth in 
vanity. And you, it doesn't matter how many men of God you run after and say, I want God to show me my destiny, to manifest my destiny. You notice people talk too much about destiny. Destiny, destiny. They think it will come by prophecy. No. If you sit under teaching and your faith are quickened, you will. The God's purposes and plan, plans for you will be uncovered. And you can apprehend them and appropriate them by faith and belief. Does anybody follow what I'm saying? Let me give you an example. Genesis 12, quickly. Let's go rather quickly. I want to be able to get to another one before we close. Amen? I, I, you see why our, our series take long, right? Huh? Okay, you see what I'm saying? You want us to move faster than this so that we can get to the next subject, right? Listen, you've been doing these subjects for years and nothing depth. I want you in TSC to have depth. Is that okay? You need to have depth. Praise God. You know, you've walked on shallow waters for long. Don't you think so? This is, we've got to go beyond ankle, beyond knee. We have to get here, hip level. And it's going to come here. If you don't rise up and begin to swim, you'll get drowned. I'm not saying you're going to get down. By the way, no, some of you never get to near clear, clear any, close to any body of water. So don't act like, Pastor, take that word back. No, no, no. I'm talking about spiritually. <laughs> okay, all right, moving on. Genesis 12, 1 to 6. Now the Lord said to Abram, Abram, notice his name there was what? Abram, not Abraham. Part of God's purpose for him is that for that name and plan, for that name to change from, change from Abram to Abraham. You believe that? Okay, moving on. Say, so go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the what? The land which I will what? Show you. Hmm. Is that not a plan? Does that plan look attractive? To the physical, it doesn't look attractive. Let's not deny ourselves. Somebody tells you and I say, you must relocate. Tell me how uh, 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 pleasant that is. You mean I must relocate? You say yes. You say, but I've been here for 30 years. My roots are here. Oh. You say, you must. That's a plan coming. Now, I don't mean you should wake up and I say, Mom, Dad, I'm relocating. Bye. Cheerio. See ya. It has to be from God, okay? But I'm just giving you an example. That I will what? Show you. And I will make you a great nation. Are you following? Yes. I will bless you and make your name great. So you shall be a blessing. Ooh. Is that a, a purpose? Is that a plan? Okay, moving on. And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be what? Blessed. Next. So Abraham, did you notice that? When God was speaking to Abraham, he was seeing these things. And remember, the only way to apprehend is not by sight. He was also hearing. He was not hearing just the sounds of the voice of God. He was seeing the things God was saying. Does anybody follow? How do I know? Verse 4. Verse 1 to 3 was God giving him the picture in words. So Abraham was hearing those words. Those words were rema. They were things. 
Does anybody follow what I'm saying? And I believe at a point he was seeing them too. That's why in verse 4, verse 1 to 3 was faith. Was the word coming, quickening the faith, and Abraham was apprehending. Verse 4 was what? Appropriation. What, what is it when it talks about appropriation? Belief. Is that correct? So Abraham did what? Went forth. Listen to that. As the Lord had what? Spoken to him. What is that called? In one word. One word for that word. Your obedience. But one word for God spoken to him. Word. The word of God. Is that not true? Let me tell you. The one place your faith must look at is the word of God. I've told you, don't go out in the sky and start looking. And God's destiny is not in anybody's face. See how he looked at me. Every time he looked at me like he doesn't like me. So it means I may not succeed. Lie. You crazy? Does anybody follow? All right, moving on. Huh? Mother's a problem there. <laughs> Don't let lot into your faith and your belief. Don't let Lot in. Did you hear me? Okay. And Lot went with him. Now, Abraham was how many years old? See, age doesn't matter with God. Though. That doesn't mean you should delay and say, when I'm 75, I'll start. You see, yeah, I know all the corners believers got. Pastor, this thing, though. After all, Moses started at 80. Well, you're not Moses. Shall I tell you that? Now, Abraham was 75 years old. Moving on, when he departed from Haran. What verse? First, Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions which they had accumulated, and the persons which they had acquired in Haran. Anyway, okay. And they set out for the land of Canaan. Thus, they came to the land of Canaan. Did you see how? Is that, is that God's purpose for Abraham? Yes. Do you see how he arrived? He started with what? Faith. Which ended up with what? Belief. And what is the result? Experience or manifestation. Huh? So it starts with apprehension, appropriation, and manifestation. Praise the Lord. Did anybody see what I'm talking about? All right. Moving on. Let's go to Genesis 22. You know, Abraham is the father of faith. Is that correct? So let's look at him. Just an x-ray on Abraham. Genesis 22, quickly, verse 1. It's a pretty long uh, passage. Did I say verse 1, right? Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham. Notice, Abraham moved from faith to faith. From one level of faith to another. Abraham's faith. And you know, at the end of the day, you know what Abraham became? He became faithful. Let me say this to you. Individual exercises of appropriating faith. Pay attention to this. I've said it about three or four times since this series. Everyone, if you make your exercise of appropriating faith regular, you'll be cultivating faithfulness. Does anybody follow what I'm saying? Huh? If you are just interested in exercising appropriating faith when the situation arises, when big problems come, 
And after he sought, so you go back to square one. And you wait for another trouble. Trouble comes again. You say, God, the God of miracle. Hey, intervene. Fire. And then you, you go mountain high faith. And then you come down. And then you go about your business again. And No. You know what you're going to be? Up and down believer. But when you learn, even in small things, even in big things, even in intermediate things, you keep exercising faith on a regular basis. You are cultivating. It becomes faithfulness. And you know what happens? Anything that comes out at any time, 3 o'clock in the morning, your faithfulness will carry you through. Do you understand? Praise the Lord. So you cultivate faithfulness. If you cultivate apprehending faith, only when you need healing, and when you need healing, you call God down. But when it's time to give to God, you don't have enough faith to give enough. No, no, you don't seem to understand what I'm saying. Do you know it takes faith to do everything with God and for God? Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Huh? But modern believers have only little faith down to only when they need something from God. No, when God wants you to do something, you need that faith. You don't believe that? Okay. Joshua at age 80, he said, give me the land. He said, yeah, at 40. Oh, Caleb, at 40, you know that you and I, we went to conquer. Joshua is like, no, you're getting old now. Let me give the younger people. He said, no. As I was in those days, that's how I am now. <laughs> what was he ex ex exercising? Faith. Even in old age. Praise God. Hallelujah. Today, say, ah, young people, where are they? Where are young people? Where are the young folks? No, you're robbing yourself of the experience of faith. All we are hearing about faith, you should be longing to find opportunities to exercise faith. Praise God. Okay, moving on. Now it came about after this thing that God tested Abraham. Now he's testing now. And said to him, Abraham, Abraham, now notice it's now Abraham. Uh, if you go back, you'll see where it was changed. But let, let's not go there. And said to Abraham, and he said, here I am. One of the things about Abraham's faith is that he's always where God could reach him. Never called in on God. Are you all following? Study Abraham every time. Yeah, men of faith, faithfulness. Samuel, when he went to Eli, he heard the voices. Somebody said, He said, he said Lord, speak. Your servant is hearing. I'm here. All right? Take, he said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love. Did you notice the emphasis on which son? He was trying to make sure he doesn't mistake for him for eyes. For, Ishmael. Huh? You know you don't beget Ishmael. Okay? Alright, moving on. Whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah. That happens to be ultimately why Jesus was crucified. Thousands of years after. Amen? And offer him there as a what? A bond offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. Is that the word of God? What was God speaking to in Abraham? His faith. 
Abraham was expected to apprehend what God was saying. To hear not the sound, but the word. Faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing comes by what? By the word of God. And Abraham will be seeing in the spirit realm. That's why if Abraham was not seeing the spirit realm, how could you ever imagine him in the physical realm to take that little boy to go and sacrifice? You know, that's why he didn't mention it to Sarah. <laughs> because Sarah would have gone full flesh because God didn't speak to Sarah. I'm telling you, and wrestle Abraham on the ground. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Are you all following what I'm saying? And Abraham took three young men. In, if, you, if you study, when we get there, you notice that he didn't tell them where they were going. When they got there, he said, stay here. The Lord and I will do what? Go yonder and offer sacrifice. And after that, we will return. How did Abraham come to those conclusions? By faith. Because that's what God showed him. As God was speaking, go and offer your son. He saw worship. There was no time God said to him, clearly, the boy will come back with you. But he saw by faith that he, the one speaking, is the God of resurrection. Did you understand? It's like when, when people want to give to God, it's like, God, what are you going to give me when I give you this? You don't understand resurrection. If you're challenging God and asking a question. So God, if I give you my life, what will you give me? Do you understand? He's the God of abundance. Oh, come on. I didn't hear an hallelujah there. All right, moving on. Okay, since you don't want an hallelujah there, let's move on. So Abraham arose when? Okay. Verse 1 and 2, what was it? Apprehension, right? Therefore, it was what phase of thing is that? Faith. Is that not correct? Look at verse 3 now. What does verse 3 sound like? Believe. And what? That means what? Appropriation time. You see, Abraham had apprehending and appropriative faith. He is the father of all that had apprehending and appropriative faith. Are you following? All right, moving on. So Abraham arose when? Early in the morning. Priority. Priority. If you have to believe, make it a priority. Don't give God last. Uh, is anybody hearing me? Early in the morning. And did what? Saddled his donkey. He said, if you lived around Abraham, you believe. If you're a donkey, you believe. Fowl, chicken, you believe. Because he'll wake you up when he wakes up. Are you all following? Saddled his donkey and took two of his who? Young men. You know, the Lord showed me that those young men were flesh. You remember we started that on Sunday? Eh? Okay. Uh, they were there to give him physical energy if he needs it. Did you notice he never needed any of that? Huh? No people challenge him. So they were supposed to be the men of big chest to protect him and the son and also to help him. You notice when they got to your point, the Holy Spirit said, you don't need these guys. Stop these guys here. Otherwise they'll mess you up. Didn't you learn from Lot? <laughs> Does anybody follow? All right, moving on. So, Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac, his what? Son. And he split the wood for the bond offering. So, all these are what? Believing acts. 
Amen? Move on to 14. Because it's the same thing. Everything there is belief. Is that correct? Okay, stop right there. Stop. Is that 20, verse 4? Let's look at verse 4. On the third day, Abraham did what? Raise what? His eyes and did what? Saw the place from a where? A distance. That's faith there. He saw the place before he got there. Is that not faith? Physical eyes will wait until you get there. Woo! Did you see the faith there? Okay, five. Move on. Abraham said to his young men, what is that now? Is that not confession? Where does he belong? Belief. Is this, when he saw the place, the place was an extraordinary place, spiritually, and he knew not everybody, flesh cannot go there. He said to the two young men, do what? Stay here with the what? Donkey. Thank you so far. Thank you. Give me five. Two young men. You guys are wonderful. But you know what? Stay here. There is a place God is going to lead. Now you will take the baggages. Ask them to stop here. You know, you know the same thing happened with David. When David went to visit his, his, his brothers at war, and God showed me this. He carried his bag, everything, right? His shepherd bag, everything. When it was time to fight, the Bible said David took his luggage and gave to some young guy that said, keep these things. We have not learned that. We are still going with their opinions, our attitudes, our anger, our everything. I'm not even talking about the physical baggage. There are things that are keeping us from moving forward. And say to his young men, stay here with the donkey. And I and the lad will go over there. And we will do what? Worship and return to you. Flesh is not allowed in worship. Moving on, Abraham took the wood. Again, believing continues. Amen? All right. Go to verse 14. Go to verse 14. Quickly. Go to 13. Then Abraham raised his eyes. Uh, go to 12. Go to 12. God said to him, called him. Go to 11. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Ab look at how many times he called him. You know that one wasn't enough. Because one didn't stop Abraham. <laughs> if God calls you twice, it means you are in business. To stop Abraham, God had to call twice the angel of the Lord. Abraham, Abraham, I said, here I am again. He said to him, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For I now know that you fear God. What's the word fear there? Come on, quickly, quickly. I don't have more time. Reverence, what does that speak of? Worship. Thank you. Now I know you worship God. You notice Abraham's reverence and worship there was not... It's obedience. Are you all listening? No, you didn't get that. It was obedience. It wasn't goosebump. I love him. Love Jesus. See my body bump. I love this Jesus. No, 
<laughs> you can love Jesus all you want. What he wants is obedience. No. <laughs> okay. Oh, moving on. You don't like that. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Amen. Then Abraham raised, look at that. Then Abraham raised his eye. See, when you start using your faith, there's no end. He raised his eyes again and looked and behold. Didn't see faith there. Behind him, a ram caught in a ticket. And Abraham went, amen, and took the ram and offered for a bond offering in place of his son. Moving on. Abraham called the name of that place. The Lord will provide. Adonai Yireh, as it is said to him, in the mount of the Lord, it will be what? Provided. The Hebrew says it will be seen. That's faith. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham the second time from heaven, so on and so forth. Did you understand that? Okay. Go with me to 2 Timothy quickly. 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy 1 quickly. Hallelujah. Second Timothy 1. Uh, what verse? 10 to 12. Quickly. 10 to 12. Let's look at that quickly. Let's look at a, a, a purpose that everybody here can identify. Uh, 1 verse 11. Go to 11. Uh-huh. Go to 12. Hmm. Is it Second Timothy? Go, go, you go to First Timothy. Amen. Amen. Go, go to twelve. Is that, did I say 12? Oh, 10, please. Go, go to 10. Uh, okay. Go with me. Let's look at Matthew 18. Let's look at another purpose. Let, let, let's leave this. Uh, the, the Timothy passage. Let, let's go to Matthew 18, verse 14. Let me show you a plan. A gracious purpose and plan for God. And if you see it by faith, your, your life, your attitude will change. Your life and attitude towards others will change. Are you following? Okay. So, so Jesus says, so it is not the will of your father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should what? Perish. Hallelujah. Somewhere else he said that none should perish, but that all might come to what? Eternal life. Is that correct? Huh? Is, that, is that a gracious purpose? You know why people don't respond to that? Because they have not seen it by faith. That's an example of a purpose I'm talking about. You know, there are tons and thousands of purposes of God in the Bible for you or for any. You know, we can't do all of them. I'm just taking samples. You know, you know if you wonder why some people are not interested in evangelism, you know why? Because their faith has not seen that scripture. You didn't get what I'm saying. Have people ever told you that something is by vision? Eh? God expects all of us to be engaged in evangelism. But the reason why all have not engaged in evangelism is that not all have seen by faith. 
God's plan and purpose like that. Does anybody follow what I'm saying? Huh? So as many people as see it will have a passion for souls. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. Have they heard somebody say that before? Huh? Yes. What did, what did they hear? Sound. Sound. When they hear by faith, they will hear the thing said there. That none should what? Perish. But that all should come to what? Eternal life. Go to Second Peter chapter 3. Go to Second Peter chapter 3. It paints it more clearer. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 9. Let's look at that purpose. It's one out of the innumerable purposes of God as revealed in the Bible concerning souls. Amen? The Lord is not slack about his promise as some count slackness, but is patient toward you. Listen to this. Not wishing for any to what? Perish. But for how many? All to do what? To come to what? repentance. See, things like this are purposes. That's not a provision. Are you following? Huh? And that's not a promise. It's a revelation of a, a, a purpose of God. And what we are talking about now is that one of the things that apprehending and appropriating faith lay hold of is God's purpose. Is that, is that true? We've seen it in Abraham and we're seeing it in, in general. And if God has any purpose and plan for you, it will not come to be unless you apprehend it by faith and appropriate it by belief. The fact that you're just there and you say, what will be, will be, is not true. Does anybody follow? Okay. Now, the Holy Spirit will be leading you all through your life to bring you, to bring you, to bring you to the word. So that when you hear the word and see it by faith and appropriate by belief, then the destiny will manifest. Can I say that again? I say, yeah, the Father has revealed the purpose. And Jesus has accomplished the purpose. Let's say you are an unbeliever. Now, and even a believer. Then the work of the Holy Spirit is to be Directing you. Have you worked with somebody? It's like they don't know where they're go going. And you keep pushing them at the back and turning them. They want to go this way. You say, no, go, come this way. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Especially for unbelievers. Okay? From before your mother's womb. Are you following? And he takes you. He takes you around. And all the time you're going to disco dance floors and all the crazy places is there trying to direct you. Sometimes he sets bouncers. Bouncers say no to you. And you're come walking with anger like a, a goat. Is the Holy Spirit trying to save you? Are you all listening to me? He said, they don't like me. Those guys don't like me. I'm, I'm going to come and shoot them up. Don't shoot them up because you go to hell. Does anybody follow what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. So, he's leading you. One day he'll lead you to a Christian concert. It may either be the music or a word or a testimony of somebody. You hear the word and he expects you to apprehend by faith and take it by belief. Does anybody follow what I'm saying? Huh? 
Ah. Mm. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 I said amen. 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 Yes. Praise the Lord. I'm rounding up here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I think it was, there's a place I want to show you this. Turn with me um, to First Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Amen. So it's your faith that will bring you to that point. That God's purpose and your belief that you will now activate God's purpose into operation. In verse 1. Amen. Verse 1. Okay. It's a Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia. Amen. And all that bit near who are what? Hallelujah. According to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, to do what? Obey Jesus Christ and be what? Sprinkled with blood. Did you see that? God has foreknown that you will respond. So what did he do? You, you go back one scripture. We'll look at it more next week. Huh? But the foreknowledge of the Father, hmm? Because he foreknew that you will respond. So he sent the Holy Spirit to start directing you. Huh? What does it direct you to? To the word of God. Where you will obey who? Jesus Christ. You notice that? How do you obey Jesus Christ? By hearing the word. And apprehending by faith. And appropriating by belief. That appropriating is obedience to Jesus Christ. And be what? Sprinkled with his blood. You notice that? When you obey him, then the Holy Spirit sprinkles his blood on you. That's redemption. The blood is there already. Are you all following? <laughs> okay, I, I don't have time, so I will leave it there. If you see the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit there, and you see the role of each of them. The Father is to draw the plan and the purpose. Huh? Jesus came and accomplished it and waiting for you to obey him. And between the Father's plan and purpose... And the dying of Jesus, you are in between. It's the Holy Spirit who directs you and say, the Father has a plan and purpose for you. Jesus has done it. You notice the obeying Jesus is only through the teaching and proclamation of the gospel. When you hear it, see it by faith, hear it by faith, you respond. The Holy Spirit say, that's all I've been waiting for. He takes the blood and sprinkles on you. Only your appropriating faith can bring you that far. It's God. Did you see the grace of God there? Amen. Gracious purposes and plans of God. And from now on, I'm going to encourage us, even as believers, there are plans and purposes of God we have not tapped into. We cannot, unless we take the spectacle of faith and put in on, or the hearing aid of faith and put in the ears. Does anybody follow? And stop drinking of the bitterness of our old heart. And stop being sensitive and attractive, sensing the world and the things around us. Did anybody get some light here tonight? <laughs> if you got some light here tonight, I want to see your hand up. 
Oh, come on. Seriously. And if you want to move further, can you step, step on to your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Were well, you blessed tonight? Oh, yes. I am blessed tonight. It was tremendous. I got my own release and revelation as I was teaching. I got my own readiness. And those on 